All right, kindergarten parents, welcome back to Raise Ready Kids, where month by month you master the culture building strategies you need to raise kids with the knowledge, skills, character, and purpose they need to thrive. I'm Bill Jackson, founder of Raise Ready Kids, and your host this month. So I want to ask you to take a moment to think about an important conversation with a friend you've had recently. Where were you? Who were you with? What were you talking about? What did this conversation mean to you? Did it touch you emotionally? Did it bring you closer to your friend? Did it make you laugh? Did it affect your point of view about something important to you? These days, I'm having wonderful conversations with my friend Rosemary, whom I first met 30 years ago. I reconnected with her recently when my dad was very sick and in the final months of his life. She asked me questions that drew out wonderful memories of my father. She comforted me as I grieved. And she challenged me to ask my father important, difficult questions. Ask him how he wants to be remembered, she advised me. Ask him what he sees in you and what he hopes for your life. Mutual love and care is flowing when Rosemary and I are in conversation. We don't spend much time on small talk. We go right to what matters most in each of our lives. No topic is off limits. I feel safe saying anything to her because I know she'll receive and process what I say with a generous spirit, and she'll always build me up and make me feel better. She asks great questions informed by careful listening. She'd never share what I say with others in inappropriate ways. I learn a lot about the world from Rosemary, too. I'm a white guy who grew up in an upper-middle-class family in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Rosemary is Latina, who grew up as a migrant farm worker in Nebraska and Colorado. Rosemary exposes me to parts of Latino and American culture that are unfamiliar to me. Through our conversations, I feel closer to her family and community. Conversation is the currency of friendship. It's the bridge that enables us to understand and care for each other, and to cross chasms of difference. Through conversation, we forge new relationships, renew old connections, grow our understanding of ourselves, and deepen our understanding of the world. Now, take a moment and think about your kindergartner. Imagine them 30 years from now when they're 35. How strong will their relationships be? What will they be learning and from whom? What are they going to care deeply about? The answers to these questions are going to have a lot to do with their desire and capacity for conversation. Indeed, the capacity for conversation is one of the greatest gifts you can give your child. And you, kindergarten parent, have the power to help build that capacity, first and foremost by having great conversations with your child. Of course, you and your child already have lots of conversations. The purpose of this month's Raise Ready Kids strategy, conversation, is to help you have even better conversations, one that will grow your child's capacity to make and keep friends, as well as nourish your own relationship now and far into the future. Before we get to conversation, the Raise Ready Kids strategy, Let's consider how conversations with five-year-olds are similar to, and different from, conversations with adults. In some ways, conversations with young children may not be as fulfilling as conversations with our best adult friends, since children don't have as much knowledge about the world or ability to see and feel what we see and feel. At the same time, children can be deeply rewarding and sometimes hilarious conversationalists. You never know where things are going to go. If you approach children with an open heart, the possibilities are vast. Parents and children have a lot to give each other. You have a lifetime's worth of knowledge and wisdom to share, while your child has a fresh perspective and hunger for learning. 
As you approach conversation with your child, I suggest that you think of them as a miniature adult, at least in the moment. They may not be acting like an adult, but just pretend that they're a lot older than they are. This will help you avoid expecting less or talking down to them. Treat your child as more grown up than they are, and chances are that they will rise to the occasion, at least sometimes. Okay, now let's get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation strategy. Conversation has three steps. One, make space for conversation. Two, get conversation started. And three, keep conversation going. Let's start with step one, making space for conversation. How sacred and precious is space for conversation? And for many of us, how difficult it is to find that space in our lives. Make no mistake about it. You cannot enjoy great conversations with your child unless you make enough space in your own life for conversation to be sparked, to grow, to wander to the place where it can produce its magical feelings and insights, and finally come to a satisfying conclusion. If you're like most adults, you've got two problems. First, you're running around pretty hard. You've got a lot in your mind. You've got lots of balls to keep in the air at home and work. It's not easy to slow down and make space for conversation. The second problem is your phone. If you're like many parents, you've got it with you nearly all the time, and it's got hooks into your brain. It's hard to leave alone for a good chunk of time, the kind of time needed to let conversation flower. So here's what I recommend. For starters, keep attuned through your day for signs that now might be a good time for conversation. And then, when you sense a possible moment, in the car, at the dinner table, walking down the street, assess. Is this a moment where I can clear my mind and my agenda for five, ten minutes so we can let the conversation flow? Sometimes you can't take that time. You've got to get somewhere, get dinner on the table, attend to another child, or meet a deadline. But sometimes you can and you need to recognize these moments and clear your mind to make space for conversation. For some families, the best times for conversation are predictable. For example, some kids love to talk in the car or bus on the way home from school, or in the kitchen while they're drawing and you're cooking dinner. Other families find that getting to the good stuff requires more spontaneity. Some days their child likes to talk in the car, but other days in the bath. It depends on their mood, and yours too. It takes a little effort to notice the moments where conversation might flourish and to focus in on them. In any case, you need to make sure your phone stays out of the picture when the moment arrives. It's easiest if you have a routine. Put your phone somewhere else during that special time. Don't bring the phone into your child's bedroom in the evening. Don't bring your phone into the kitchen at dinner time. When conversation arises spontaneously, you might need to do something in the moment to make sure your phone stays out of the picture. Put it in your pocket or purse. Put it down across the room or in airplane mode. Whatever works. The key is to do something if you do not have the willpower to resist the lure of your phone, as some of us don't. These devices are designed to grab a hold of our attention and not let it go. So don't think twice if you need to do something more dramatic, like put your phone away in a drawer for two hours every evening. So now that you've got some ideas about how to make space for conversation, let's move on to step two, getting conversation started, which is a little like getting a rock slide started, really easy if the rocks are ready to go, and really hard if they're not. How do you get conversation started when... Like a stable hillside, a little nudge is not enough. The short answer, you trigger your child's participation with your own attention, engagement, humor, and respect. Remember, think of your child as a mini adult. 
gaze over at them and add 20 years. Of course, you can't talk to your five-year-old exactly the same way you'd talk to a 25-year-old, but you can give them the same fundamental respect, which starts with listening, careful listening. When you sense a moment with conversational potential, direct as much as your attention as possible toward your child and demonstrate that you're listening by asking questions. For example, when your child shows you a piece of their artwork, ask questions about what you're seeing. Are those birds in the background? Ask about the story behind the artwork. What's going on here? Or ask questions about your child's artistic choices. Why did you choose purple for the color of the sky? After a soccer game, you might ask your child for their take on how the team played. After reading a story, you might ask them about decisions made by a character. Your goal isn't to impart a lesson, but rather to encourage them to voice a perspective so that the two of you can begin a conversation. You'll have more success triggering conversation if you're genuinely interested in the answer to your question. Your child can tell the difference between a stock question and a question that is triggered by actual curiosity. So the groundwork for conversation is laid when you pay careful attention to what your child is saying or doing, which piques your interest, which in turn triggers a genuine question. One family I know plays the game Two Truths and a Lie about the day as a playful way to start conversation at the dinner table. In this game, each person shares three things about their day. Two of these things are true, while one of them is false. The challenge is to figure out which is which. Another way to start conversation is to inquire about hot-button topics. Nearly every young child is interested in particular things that stimulate, puzzle, or frighten them. Sharks, garbage trucks, cars, movies. You know what intrigues your child. Toss out an observation or question about a topic that resonates, and you're likely to trigger a reaction. Play and humor are your friend, of course. Does your child like to do things that to amuse others? Do they know some jokes? When you follow your child into their world of humor and play, words often flow freely. Or you can offer random, goofy observations of your own. That cloud looks like a toilet. And see what comes back. Tall tales are great, too. Tell your child a tall tale about yourself and flow naturally into conversation as your child begins to object to your outlandish claims. Decision-making time is a natural opportunity for conversation. Which kind of cereal should we buy? Where should we go this weekend? What should we do for your birthday? Tee these kinds of questions up before you have to make the decision, so there's time for discussion. Open-ended questions are better than yes-no queries, and avoid asking questions about topics that you're not really willing to take input on. To stimulate more back and forth, offer up details when you ask questions. Does Lucy's family still have that crazy dog? What color is it? Did you chase him around the house like you did the last time you were there? The more specific you are, the more likely your child is to jump in with details of their own. Treat your quest for conversation like a long-term experiment. What works best with your child? Does conversation flow better if you stop what you're doing and look them in the eye, or when you're both occupied with a task? Is conversation more likely when one of you offers up a goofy observation, or when the two of you are playing together quietly? Do whatever fosters emotional companionship. As the sociologist Sherry Turkle writes, in family conversations, children learn that what matters most is not information shared, but the relationships sustained. All right, on to the third and final step, keeping conversation going. The key here is mindset. 
As the words start flowing, imagine that you, your child, and any other family members involved are climbing into spaceship conversation as equals. There is no hierarchy on this vessel. While you're on the ship, you are not the parent and they are not the child. No directing, nagging, or lecturing on spaceship conversation. Rather, you're equals working together to take this ship somewhere delightful and rewarding. The journey which brings you closer is the reward. The best conversational journeys feature lots of back and forth. One person may hold the floor for a while, telling a story or explaining an idea, but the verbal ping pong returns in short order. Sharing is vital. If anyone speaks for a longer period of time, let it be a child. As the psychologist Wendy Mogul writes, children are not looking for downloads of information, but for warm conversational companionship. Conversations are like a sensitive chain reaction. It only takes one person with a goofy or poignant observation to start it. Similarly, it only takes one person getting distracted by a phone or something on their to-do list to break off the flow and kill it. When you give your child your full self during conversation, you're showing your child how to listen and give their full self in interaction with other human beings. As Turkle writes, in family conversation, children learn that it is comforting and pleasurable to be heard and understood. Kindergartners who experience their parents as supportive, non-judgmental listeners when they talk about purple-spotted dinosaurs have a good chance of growing into teens who will feel comfortable talking with their parents about more serious and sensitive topics. All right, time for a quick recap. As a parent, you have the power to foster high-quality conversations in your home by making space for conversation, getting conversations going, and keeping them going. You nurture conversation with your child with your own attention, engagement, humor, and respect. Think of conversation as sacred space, where you and your child are equals, working together to discover insights and to connect. Don't let your phone get in the way. You can't necessarily create this kind of space every day, but you should be trying regularly. In addition to conversation skills, your child is learning about connection and renewal. Family conversations will become a kind of home base for your child, a place where they can come back again and again for companionship, insight, laughter, and wisdom. As their eloquence and confidence grows, they'll be cementing a vision for their own future, a vision that features close, supportive relationships built on paying full attention and delighting in the company of other people. Mm-hmm.